Um, so anyway, so now that we're we're going, if, if you're on the recording, I got three different ways going. You missed the the prayer, but that's okay. Uh, I did pray, so it, this is holy teaching. Um, so anyway, uh, we're in the book of Romans. We got through Romans chapter four last week, and so we're on track to uh, make pretty. Yeah, I didn't. I never dreamed we would get through Romans in anywhere close to a year, and we're on track to maybe get through it in a year. We'll see. Uh, but things are starting to slow down, and so without giving too much of a review, we know that for the first basically uh, three chapters of Romans, Paul had to take some time and basically get everybody in the same boat. the Jews weren't any better than the Gentiles. The Gentiles weren't any better than the, the heathen. And the heathen, well, they're just as good as anybody else. And so Paul had to get everybody in the same boat. That way he had something to say. But he didn't want to say something and then say, well, you know, but I'm better than them or I'm different than them. And right, So he condemns not only the heathen, but the, you know, the blue-collar sinner, the white-collar sinner, the Jew. Everybody's in the same boat. And we did that for the first basically three chapters. And then we get to, to the last few weeks... And we've been in Romans chapter 4. And Romans chapter 4 was really good uh, because it basically taught us that our justification in Christ, because that's what we have, is we have justification in Christ. It came... Through what? Through the works of trying real hard? No. It doesn't come through uh, keeping the, the law. It doesn't come through any of those things. Our justification comes through faith and faith alone. right? And Paul, he used... Uh, he used a really good example, uh, an example that the Jews would get, but then also he wanted the Gentiles to understand that they need to get it as well. He used Abraham as an example because Abraham is the perfect example to use for something like that. Uh, he, he was able to say, hey, I've got an example to use. The faith that Abraham had, and I don't want to reteach what I taught for the last couple of weeks, but uh, it was there to show you something to the Jews, right? And also to the Gentiles, guess what? It's also there for you because Abraham is saved through faith, right? The same way that we're saved by faith, right? Or opposite, I'm sorry. Abraham is saved uh, uh, through his, the works of his faith the same way that we're saved by, uh, by faith or through faith in Christ. You, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, we, we took a lot of time last week to go through all that. So anyway, that gets us to Romans chapter 5. And so Romans chapter 5, things are going to come a little bit, they're going to slow down a little bit. But I want to kind of give you an overview of, of what Romans chapter 5 is about because Romans chapter 5 fits in really well because when you get to Romans 6, Paul's like, I know you're going to have some questions. I know you're going to have some things that you're wondering about. Well, if I have this free gift of Christ, can't I just send it up and have a good time? Well, no. He addresses that in uh, Romans 6, verse 1. Shall, I, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Right? And if we know that's not what we want to do. But Romans chapter 5 fits in there very perfectly because he's like, you know that justification that I told you you had, that it's all through faith, right? Everybody's saved through faith. It's all through Christ. Old Testament, New Testament. Christ had something to do with all of it, right? You know, because God is not limited to time. Christ, the blood of Christ, took care of all of that. But he says, before we just fast forward to Romans 6 and start addressing the issues of you can't just live in sin all the time and just pray that grace... He says, I want to talk to you about this justification for a minute. I want to show you what you get through this justification. We say that you're justified, but what are the benefits of that? What's in it for me? Because Christian, I know that's what we always want to know. What exactly is in this for me? right? And so that's what I've got for you today. I've got 12 benefits to your justification in Christ. And I'll tell you right now, I'm not getting through 12. I already knew that we were probably going to be like this this morning. And so we're going to try to get through the first six of these. And we'll pick it up uh, next week if I don't do something different for Easter. Probably next week. And so uh, 12 benefits to your justification justification in Christ in Romans uh, chapter 5, verse 1 to 11. So I just want to read that to kind of get our minds where we need to be. And then we're just going to start uh, back from the top and just kind of go through a few of these. So Romans chapter 5, and verse 1, it says, Therefore... Well, therefore what? Well, he's saying, therefore, everything that I just talked about in chapter 4 
We're going to carry that on to chapter 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have uh, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Well, nobody likes that verse, but guess what? It's in there. And patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For we were yet without strength in, uh, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some will even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now you all said that because I asked you last week to memorize it. So I know you said it while I was reading it, right? Verse 9. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved uh, from wrath through Him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Now, there's a lot there. And so, obviously, we're not going to try to get all of that today because I really want to break this thing down a little bit and get into it. And I also want to say before I get going too much, I gave you guys some uh, quote-unquote homework uh, last week because you're all homebound for the most part. Uh, but we didn't have a lot of time to talk about that at the beginning of class. So if we've got some time at the end, we will. I told you to kind of try to... Uh, I gave you some reading. You know, read Romans chapter 5 several times. And But anyway, uh, I told you to start looking for a key verse and some key words and whatnot. And so if we have time, we'll get to it. If not, we'll pick that up uh, next week because I don't want you to think that I'm just giving you stuff to do to do. But this is actually benefiting your... Bible study. But anyway, uh, here's what I got. So 12 benefits to your justification in Christ. And so the first one, in verse 1, you have peace with God, right? The first benefit to your justification in Christ is you have peace with God. He says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, right? The moment you get saved, you're now in peace times with God. Right? You are in peace times. Did you ever think about it like that? When you were lost, there was no peace. Right? There was no peace with God. Now, God has two wills for your life. If you're lost, what is it? You guys know. Uh, if you're lost, it's to get saved. It's not to be a good husband. It's not to be a good uh, father. It's not to be a good employee. God, if you're lost, His will for your life is for you to get saved. The moment you get saved, the will changes. Right? Because you can't lose your salvation. So, the moment you get saved, it's now to be sanctified. Now, that's a lifelong process. Right? <laughs> but, but you're at peace times with God. There's no longer a war going on. So, let me ask you a question then. Is peace with God the same thing as the peace of God? Is peace with God, because that's what it says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Now somebody give me a quick answer. You know, unmute yourself or whatever you got to do. Is, is peace with God the same thing as the peace of God? Somebody give me something. There is no wrong answer. It just might not be the same answer as what I'm going to give you. Nobody. Come on now. I got one. Okay, what is it? What is it? Is 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 peace with God the same thing as the peace of God? What do you think? So, in my mind, in my mind, peace of God is despite you that exists no matter what if you want to be a part of it or not. Peace with God is then more interactive with you and God. It's, it's more of that relationship. But the peace of God is there, whether you're a part of it or not. That's, that's, that's really God. That, that's really good, Abby. Um, um, 
Let me give you what I've got in my notes because that, that's really good because um, there is a, there is some differentiating there. So the peace with God, peace with God defines my status in front of God. Peace with God defines my status. I'm at peace with God because I'm saved. Right? My status with God can't change. He's no longer going to say, you're not my son anymore. Right? So I have peace with God. There's peace there. Right? It's no different than my son at home might do some really uh, not-headed things, but it doesn't mean that he loses the fact that he's my son. He can't be unborn. Right? Now, he might do some things to uh, earn himself some, uh, uh, some discipline. Right, but it doesn't change his status. He's still the peace with God defines my status in front of God. Right. So let me give you an example to kind of help you pick this up. So most of you guys know how a passport works. It doesn't work at all right now because you can't travel. Right. But most of you guys know how a passport works. And so if you know how a passport works, in some countries you have to have something that goes along with your passport. It's called a visa. That's what allows you to get into a certain country. Right. So your passport allows you to travel to countries, but sometimes you have to have a visa that goes with it. Right. And so when we went to uh, Nepal, we had to have a visa to get into, really, India as well. You had to have a visa to get in. And it's basically, you can have a work visa, you can have a tourist visa, you can have all these different things. But without it, you can't get in. Without the right papers or the right stamp in your passport, you're not at peace and you can't get in. Right? Unless you're sealed with the blood of Christ, you're not getting in. There is no peace with God. You don't have the visa, right? You don't have peace with God. That's what peace with God is. So, But let me tell you what the peace of God is. The peace of God refers to a tranquility within, right? And so, you know, that's not really, uh, that's not really the way that I like to talk, but that's really what it is. It's like, it's, it's, it's this, uh, it's this peace inside yourself that I know that I'm good with God, right? And so it sounds the same, but it's not. The peace of God should characterize my state on earth. It should be my experience with God, right? If a person does not have peace with God, he always has to find substitutes for the peace of God. Now, let me say that again because I don't think you heard me. If a person does not have peace with God, meaning salvation, he's always trying to find substitutes for the peace of God, right? Something to fill in what makes him feel complete, what makes him feel whole, what makes him feel uh, good uh, about life, right? I know that because I'm saved... Uh, I have no worries, right? Uh, this virus can get me in. I mean, I don't want it to happen, but if it does, uh, I've got something better coming, right? And so, praise God for that. If I'm not saved, I obviously don't have that same peace, right? It doesn't happen like that. God will give you His peace in the midst of your circumstances so that the peace of God can give you the everyday experience of the peace with God. Now, I know it sounds kind of wordy, right? But He's going to give you peace in the midst of your circumstances, no matter what's going on, so that the peace of God, meaning the tranquility inside of you, can give you the everyday experience of, I'm good because I'm in the family, right? I don't have to worry about this anymore. This is just the first benefit to the justification that you have in Christ. Every Christian has peace with God. Now, this is what I want you to get, right? Because I've been teaching some, you know, some doctrine so far. And you're like, okay, that's good. That's all good. Let's, let's, let's boil this down a little bit. Every Christian has peace with God. But if you're not walking with God, you still don't get the peace of God in your life. That's why so many Christians today are not at peace even though they're saved, right? You don't feel at peace... You know, you don't feel like you and God are on the same page. You know why? It's because you're living in sin. Because you're struggling with something and you're not giving it up to God. You've got the, I got this syndrome, and you're like, I'm just going to take care of this, right? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this on my own. That's the problem here, right? Let me use, let me use an example that most of you can, can track with. And if you can't, then, uh, well, you will someday probably. Let me use marriage as an example. I'm married to my wife, right? That status doesn't change. 
As much as she might want it to sometimes, it doesn't change. It can't change, right? So the camera's facing me, not her, but she's definitely shaking her head, right? Why wouldn't she want to be married to me? No, I'm totally kidding. Uh, Totally kidding. But anyway, uh, I'm married, right? My status is married. But there are a lot of benefits that can come with marriage. Now, you married people know that, right? There are good times in marriage, and then there's some not-so-good times, right? There are, uh, let me say, you can be married but not have fellowship, Right? You can be married and not have intimacy. You can be married and not have uh, that cohesiveness that you have with your spouse. It doesn't change the fact that you're married, right? But you don't get the benefits that come with it, right? And I'm not just talking about, uh, you, you know what I'm saying, right? I'm, not just, I'm talking about just having a friend that lives with you, right? You're not just roommates. That's the same thing with Christ. He's not going to disown you, He's not going to unmarry you. But guess what? If you're not at peace with Him, there's no fellowship. There's no intimacy. There's no cohesiveness. You picking up what I'm throwing down? Because there's something here that you guys need to get, right? It's not a mistake that the first benefit that Paul shows us of our justification is the peace with God. If you could only have one thing, this would be the one to have because without this, everything else is not the same. If you don't have the peace with God, it doesn't matter how good you are going through tribulation. It doesn't matter how good you are with your, your hope or all these other things. It doesn't matter. One last thing I want to point out before we move on uh, to the next one is notice the reason we have peace with God. Right? The reason we have peace with God is only through Jesus Christ. Just in case you thought it was anything you did or could do or might do or want to do, you know, because good intentions, man, we could change the world with good intentions except for they don't do anything. Right? To earn this... Uh, there's nothing that you, you did or could do to earn this peace... There isn't, because it's only through Christ. The only way that you're ever going to have peace with God is through Jesus Christ. Now, I think I'm talking today in choir, but I don't know who all is watching. Somebody might pick this up on Facebook and say, I want you to understand that without being saved, you're never going to have peace with God. And if you are saved today and you're like, I'm not really feeling it, well, there's a reason you're not feeling it. It's because there's something in your life separating you. No different than there's something in your life that's separating you from your spouse. You have to reconcile. You have to repent. Get back on track. Right? Give it up to God. And get back on track. That's where He wants you. He doesn't want to be separated from you. He doesn't want to you know, have whatever's... He wants to be reconciled. You guys understand that. Okay, we've got to keep moving. So the next thing. He says in verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, In whom we also have access by faith unto this grace wherein we stand. Let me just stop right there. Here's the second benefit to your justification in Christ. You have access into grace. You have access into grace. And you're like, yeah, okay, I know these things. I could have read these on my own. Well, that's the whole point. We're, we're doing this Bible study so you guys can learn how to do these things. Break it down on your own. But guess what? There's a reason it's in there. We have access into grace. The next point is something that I think most Christians, quote-unquote, know, but they don't really, quote-unquote, know. Now, let me explain what I'm trying to say. We know when we get saved, we have access into God's grace anytime we want. You know that, right? You know it anytime you can pray. I've taught you that, right? Pastor Brian's taught you that. You guys know that at HBF. I can talk to God anytime I want. You know it up here. But the question is, and the fact is, we don't use that access. And the fact that we don't use that access makes me think that maybe we really don't want to know that we have it. Maybe we really, at the end of the day, we're like, yeah, I know it, but I don't really want to know. I don't really, I don't, I don't know. And I'm not calling anybody out, but I'm just saying we know it, but do we really know it? Let me, let me give you something to hold on to because I know 
You're not picking up what I'm trying to throw down, right? So here, let me give you an example. What if somebody gave you season passes to the Chiefs this year? Now, hopefully, by then, we're able to get out of the house and go see the Chiefs, right? Whether it's the Chiefs, whatever it is, right? Let me, let, me, just let, me, let me go with this for a minute. It'd be like somebody gave you season passes to the Chiefs. You have them in your hand, but you don't ever go to the stadium to use them because you're fearful that maybe they're not actually going to work when you get there. And you don't want to look like a fool trying to use a fake season pass, right? You don't want to look like a fool that says, I, somebody gave these to me, right? And I've, I've got this. They was a gift. So instead, you've got season passes that you know are good, but you're afraid to use them, right? Now, are you tracking with me now? Well, friend, when you get... When you get saved, you not only have season passes into God's grace, but you've been given lifelong passes, right, to get there. But they're only valid if you use them. So what are you waiting for, right? God is waiting. Like it, it, I've been working, uh, the last two jobs I've worked on, it's been really uh, interesting. The last two jobs that I've worked on uh, in these people's homes, they've actually had landline phones. It's been really uh, ironic. Now, I remember that from when I was a kid, but I've had... Uh, uh, one of my sons with me uh, at both places. And the first time, he was just like, what in the world is this? He's like, I've seen pictures of these. He's like, why do they still have it? Is it just like decor? And I'm like, no, it still works. So he picked it up, and there's actually a dial tone, and he's just like, oh, my gosh, right? Well, so the next place we go to, same thing, another landline. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever because they're, they're like living my past, right? He's like, why would they have these? Well, because they want them. I don't know. <laughs> God's on the other end of this landline, right? You can pick it up anytime. He's always going to be there waiting. We know that we have access, but man, why don't we use it? Man, we, we have access. We know we should pray. Some of us do pray. Most of us pray, right? But instead, we have these ideas in our head, well, as long as I pray, you know, once a day, or as long as I pray for 20 minutes a day, or as long as I pray for... Man, those are great things. Why aren't we constantly in prayer? Why isn't our conversation just constantly... Did you understand, and I know I've taught this before, but you understand that prayer doesn't have to be, Dear Heavenly Father, thank You for this thing. It can just be constant communication. Now, there is a time and a place for thanking God for everything He's done in your life. Right? But don't feel like you have to thank God for everything He's done for you in the midst of, I, I just need to talk to God right now. Right? Now, there's a time and a place for all that, but you have to understand how that works. You've got season passes. I'm trying to scroll up on my, my actual paper because I can't use my... That's awesome. Um, <laughs> that's really good. Um, yeah, I'm telling you, I haven't used paper in a while. <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, you've got access, lifelong access. Just use it. Let me put it another way because I still don't think you're quite getting it. Some of you don't like football, so I get it, uh, right? Because of faith, you've uh, you've ab- obtained obtained. I'm sorry. Because of faith, you've obtained admission. So you not only have acceptance with God, you have access to God. You've already got admission, right? You've got your ticket to get into the play. You've got your ticket to get into whatever it is. Not only do you have acceptance with God, you have access to God. Hebrews 4.16 says we can come boldly to the throne of grace. You guys know the verse. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. So why aren't we coming in? Why aren't we using our past? We've got the, we've got the past. Why aren't we using it? Come boldly. It doesn't say that, hey, we should come to God very fearful and say, God, please, can you just help me with this? No, it says we can come boldly. It doesn't mean we need to be brash or rude. We should definitely be uh, in reverence to God because of His holiness. But guess what? He is our high priest. We can come boldly. We don't need uh, a, a mediator, right? We don't need that. Something is not right here. 
That's why, because I just skipped the whole page, right? In the Old Testament, uh, they didn't have access like this, like we do. You know, they didn't have it like we do. Once a year, they sent somebody in to sacrifice for the sin of the people. Once a year, right? They, they sent them into the, the Holy of Holies, and they went in uh, to sacrifice. They weren't only once a year they could do this, right? Uh, and, and just in case it didn't go so well, they tied a rope to this guy. That way, if, if God zapped him dead, they could drag his barbecued uh, carcass out of there, right? Why? Let me ask you this. Why? Why are you living? Like here in the Old Testament, when you've got Hebrews 4.16 in your back pocket. Why are you living like you're so scared to come to God and ask Him uh, for help in your life? You know why? It's because you're scared that He's going to zap you while you're in there. You know you've got something in your back pocket that you're not right with God about. And instead of just coming and being like, God, uh, here it is. You're so scared. You're so worried. Like God doesn't already know. Right? That's why. You've got Hebrews 4.16 in your back pocket. Use it. We have access into grace, but only, only if we use it. So let me ask you this today. How are you accessing your grace? How, how, are, you, how are you accessing your grace? How did you, how, do you, how did you access your grace this week? Right? I'm trying to put something on this for you to use, right? How are you doing it? How did you do it this week? How do you plan on, how do you plan on having access to your grace this coming week? Right? These are questions you need to ask yourself. Hey, I, I'm not where I need to be. Okay, that's okay. Because God's got this really cool thing called uh, repentance. You can just be like, God, I'm sorry for what has happened. I want to be right with you. Take it uh, and, and let's be right. There's so many things going on in the world. The last thing I need is to be separated from God during this. Right? I don't need any of that. How are you going to do it this week? Because if all it is is you jump online and you hear uh, a couple sermons on Sunday and then you go back to your quarantined or unquarantined, I don't know how you're living, life, um, man, something's not right. How are you going to still be right with God? How are you going to still have communication with God? You've got access. It's up to you to use it. Moving on, that's the second one. So here's, here's your third one, right? The third benefit to justification, right? Still in verse 2, it says, By whom we have access by faith unto this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Man, are you rejoicing in the hope of glory of God? That's, your, that's number three, hope of glory. That's, that's the third benefit of justification. You have the hope of glory. So now, so now because, and only because, we have access unto grace, we can have this hope of glory of God, right? You don't have a hope of glory if you don't have access, right? And you don't have access um, if you're not at peace with God. You have to understand these things are like building blocks with each other. You can hope all you want in a worldly sense of the word. But without access into grace, that's all you're going to be doing is hoping. You're hoping for a sunny day. Man, I hope the sun comes out today. I'm hoping for warmer weather, Right? Because this cold weather, I've done had some warm weather, and I'm like, let's just keep it there, right? I'm hoping for it. But that's all I'm doing is hoping. I'm hoping this virus goes away so you, you, we can get out of the house, right? I'm, you're hoping that your spouse loves you. You're hoping that you can get into heaven someday. Well, guess what? This is how most of the world lives every day. They're hoping without hope. Now, now did you just pick up what I said? Because that's what they're doing. They're hoping, but they've got no hope. And they don't know why they don't have any hope. And that's up to you. That's up to y'all. Right? Your neighbors, your family, I don't know. They ain't got no hope. And it's up to you to get it to them. Well, I can't get out of the house. Well, that's funny because you sure were out of the house yesterday, but when it comes time to doing something for God, now all of a sudden you're quarantined. Right? Now, I'm not saying, I'm just saying we've got to be smart, but we've also got to be living out. We've got to be the hands and feet of Christ. And we're supposed to be getting the gospel out. 
That's our job, guys. We're hoping. That's that's how most of the world is. They're hoping without hope. What exactly is the hope of glory? What exactly is the hope of glory? Somebody, because I haven't had an interaction like I need, uh, somebody read Romans 8, 28, and 29. So hopefully you brought your Bibles to church today. Somebody read Romans 8, 28, and 29. I'm not going to let my wife do it either. So it's going to seem really awkward if you don't unmute yourself. So... Since you're taking a brief reprieve, yeah. Uh, in Meredith's homework, she literally has this outline titled "Benefits of Being Justified." In her <laughs> That's really good. And Jody has posted that she literally just wrote a sermon last night on coming boldly to the Hey, not Jody. That's good. Mitchell. Okay. I thought it would be weird that Jody writing a sermon. That's a lot of really cool things. And you're one flesh. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Somebody read Romans 8, 28, 29. I'll get it. Okay. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that who are called, who are the called, according to His purpose, for whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, uh, to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. There you go. Yeah, that's right. So, I know there's some things in those verses that are like, okay, now we're getting into some muddy water. No, we're going to get into that muddy water when we get to Romans chapter 8 and chapter 9, okay? Uh, So, we'll get to all that later. What I want you to see there, though, is that is the hope of glory, right? The hope, my hope is not in things to happen the way I want them to. My hope's in Christ, right? That's where your hope ought to be. My hope is in the fact that one day I'll be exactly like Christ. Do you understand that? That there will be a day that you are like Christ, Right? Not only do you have the spirit inside of you, but now you've got a body to match it someday. Right? Those, those things are those things are coming. My hope is not in it, it, my hope's in heaven, not on earth. And if it's not your hope, then let me ask you, my friend, do you even have any hope? We don't have to hope to be like Christ. We can be like Christ. Romans eight twenty nine says that you will. It doesn't say you might be or you should be. Or it says that you will be conformed to the image of the Son. Man, if you've got verses like that that you can put in your pocket, then why are we walking around so timid and so worried about what might happen or what people might think? You will be conformed to the image of His Son. That's That ought to fire you up. That ought to get you like, I know I can't leave the house, but I'm going to go on the front porch and I'm going to shout it to somebody. Right? That ought to get you going. That you're, You will be conformed. So let's make this personal because you're still not getting it. How are you today? How are you this week? How are you right now being conformed to the image of Christ? I would venture to say that the reason some of you are thinking I don't really know is because you don't really want to be conformed to the image of Christ. Now, I get it. You want to be like Christ, but you don't want what's going to take to be like Christ. Now, I want it, but that's kind of like hoping, right? It's going to take some work. It's going to take something, right? You don't want to be like you don't, you don't want to because, well, it's going to take something. I mean, you want it, but you don't want it bad enough to lay down the sin and go all in for Christ. That's what it boils down to. You want it, you just don't want it bad enough to lay down the sin. You want it, but the question is, my friend, how bad do you want it? That's what you have to ask yourself. How bad do you want to be like Christ? Because guess what? You already are on the inside, whether you like it or not. And you will be someday on the outside, whether you like it or not. So why aren't you today? Why aren't you changing, this is what we're going to talk about in Romans chapter 7, this outward fleshly carcass that you've got to be like Christ today? That's your choice. It's a battle. We're going to see Paul's battle with it. But guess what? You still have the opportunity even now to do that. 
The question is, how bad do you want it? Our focus is not on Christ when our affection is not on things above. Did you hear that? Our focus is not on Christ when our affection is not on things above. I'm still trying to scroll this thing. When the disciples were caught in a storm and Jesus rebuked the weather, He also rebuked His disciples. Why? Because the problem was not the storm. The problem was their focus on the storm instead of responding it to a position of faith. Right? Yeah, He rebuked the storm. He said, peace, be still. But you know what else He did? He rebuked the disciples because they were so worried about the storm that they were not focused on what they needed to be focused on. We've got, we've got this gale breaking over our bow. What do we do? We take it as a sign for God that it's time to, to fold, to cower and run. God must want me to give up because it's hard, right? No! Right now, God wants to rebuke you because your faith, because faith is hard and, and you don't focus on it. The storm should simply be a sign to you that the world ain't worth it. So don't give up on God, give up on the storm. Did you hear what I just said? Give up on the storm. What is the one word that Jesus used to calm the sea? It wasn't uh, anything special. It was peace. Right? We have peace. We, we talked about that. And we have peace with God. We already talked about that. So if that's all it takes, then we've got peace through God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't we act like it? Why don't we live it? We have hope because we can hope. I'm sorry. We have hope because we have hope. And our hope comes from above. So I'll leave this point with a question. Where's your hope today? And let me say this. There's a little caveat to that question before we move on. Don't fool yourself because just given the right answer, because the proof is in the action, not the words. It's easy to say, oh yeah, my hope's in the Lord. Well, guess what? I can, I'm looking and it don't look like it's in the Lord. right? There's times in my life that I'm like, yeah, my hope's in Christ. And my wife looks at me and she's like, she doesn't say it, but I can just tell by the look at her face. And it's like, oh, okay. She sees right through that. Right? And so if they can see right through it, don't fool yourself, right? Where's your hope? Where's your hope? I'm sorry, I thought I was only going to get through four. Oh, I got to get through six. We might not get through six today. Oh my. Sorry. I was like, I've got only got one point left. I'm good to go. Okay, let's move on. Number four. Still in verse three. Or I'm sorry, yeah. And, and, uh, not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation work of patience. Let me, here's, here's your fourth thing that justification is going to bring to your life. This isn't a fun one, but it comes. You get to glory in tribulation. The next point is one that many of you have already realized in your Christian walk. The fact that there's tribulation at times. There's going to be tribulation. It's just part of it. Some of you say, well, I'll, I'll take the good results of justification, but you can keep that tribulation, but, but that's not how it works. A result is simply that. It's what happens because of something else. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. I think there's a law that says that, right? It just happens, right? That's what happens. With, justi- with justification comes these natural reactions. Most are good. Some are harder. Back to the point, though. If you go all in for Christ, then you can not only expect, but you can count on some tribulation along the way. Look at the disciples. There was some tribulation, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. Look at Paul. Man, there's definitely some tribulation. Brian's been preaching about it. And these guys, are they're all over him. Look at Christ Himself. Tribulation. So why do you think you're any better? Why do you think you're any different? So don't think that you're different because guess what? You're not. God's not going to have it, right? I would even venture to say this, right? If you've never faced some kind of tribulation as a Christian, then you might want to do some self-evaluation because it should be expected if you're working for Christ. Now, if you're a baby Christian, I get it. There's grace on that. But if you're a mature Christian, you've been saved for a lot of years and you've never had any tribulation, you're just like, man, I got this thing figured out. You might want to do some self-evaluation, right? You might want to. Because guess what? There's going to be some. The point I want to make here is not so much to the tribulation, though. You guys know that. 
The fact, the fact I want to point out is, is that we have to glory in tribulation. We expect tribulation, but how do we glory in it? How do we find joy in the midst of what seems like an attack of the world, the flesh, or the devil? How do you find joy in those things? Because I sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to joy in that. This is not fun. I don't like it. I had some things go on at work this week. Now, I'm, I'm never going to complain because I love what I do now a million times more than what I did before, okay? But it was a rough week. It was just like, if it could go wrong, it did go wrong. And it was just like, I, I didn't want. It was just that it was one of them things, right? It was one of them things. It was like I felt like I was getting attacked. How do we glory in the midst of the coronavirus, right? That's what everybody's dealing with. When we can't be around our friends, we can't see our families, we can't go to work, or we can't stay home from work like everybody else is. Whichever boat you're in, right? You're in one or the other. My friend, you already know the answer, but I'm going to tell you again, just so you can hear it. The answer is Christ. That's how you glory in tribulation. It's Christ. Christ is what's going to get you through. Now, I know you know this, but I'll say it again because you need to hear it. Christ is what will get you through. When the world is attacking, Christ is going to get you through. When the flesh is attacking, Christ is going to get you through. When the devil's attacking, your hard work will get you through. No, wait a minute. Christ is what's going to get you through. It's the only thing. Friends, don't get... All right, I get it. And I probably shouldn't say this on Facebook. It, it, it sucks that we can't go out. It sucks that we can't have church, right? It's not fun. I, I get it. It's not ideal. It was one of, I, it's one of the hardest decisions that I know uh, I've ever seen uh, uh, our pastor have to make is to not have church. Right? I'm, just, I'm just saying, right? It's not fun. It, it's not cool that we can't come to the building and worship together. Yeah, but that doesn't stop us from worshiping. Right? We've got technology. And even if we didn't have technology, I'm going to get the word to you somehow. I'm going to come to your front porch. I'm going to preach through your door. Like, that's going to be Sunday for me. I'm going to go to every one of your houses. That's what I'm going to do because the word's going to get out. It's not ideal that next week is Easter and we can't be here together. Man, Easter's canceled, right? No, guess what? Easter's not canceled. Christ is still out of the grave so we can still rejoice. Man, why aren't we? This is not going to last forever, friends, but let me just move on to the next point because it's going to help with this, right? Number four. Patience to endure, right? I'm sorry, number five, it's in verse four. Number five, patience to endure. That's the next thing that's going to come as a benefit of your justification. You're going to have patience to endure. We know that we can have glory in tribulation. Let me just read it really quick. Uh, and patience, uh, I'm sorry, where are we at? In verse four. Uh, and patience, experience and experience hope. Let's move on. We know we can have glory in tribulation. And this is uh, one of the first steps to making that happen having patience for the trial of the past. Now, there's not a lot for me to say here because uh, you need to have patience, right? I'm not going to spend a ton of time. you got to have patience. I've taught on patience several times, even just since uh, I started teaching past points. So I'm just going to ask, how are you doing with it? Yes, ma'am. Will you repeat the patience, what, patience and what? I'm sorry. Patience to endure. Thank you. Yep, no problem. Yeah, so the, I've already taught on patience several times. So let me just ask you, Fast Point class, how are you doing with it? You already know, so how are you doing? Right? If you haven't grown in patience any since the last time we talked about it, then I would simply ask you why. You got the tools. I gave you the tools, right? It's in the Word of God because I don't have them, right? But you, you have the tools, so why haven't you? You got the tools to do it. I would venture to say it's probably because you don't want to. That seems to be the key today. You just don't really want to that bad. The government says stay home unless you absolutely have to go out. 
But guess, guess what? I went, I went to the Walmart the other day because we hadn't been to the grocery store in a month. And so it was time. And so we were those crazy people that had the full cart because it's like, well, I haven't been here for a month. So we usually do our, so anyway, uh, so we're staying away from everybody, right? My wife's dousing my hands with, with the, the, the hand gel stuff and right, I'm st- whatever we got to do, you know, face masks and the what. And it, it's all good, right? We all know that, right? So they, it's, they say to stay home, but guess what? Not everybody was at home. I'm just saying. Because there was lots of people out. Right? There was lots of people out. I had to go. I left HBI yesterday. And I had some stuff. I'm, the whole back of my truck was full of stuff. I had to go back to Menard. So, like, I go in the front door just to return some stuff and I leave. Because I don't want to uh, encourage what's going on. So, it's like I'm dousing my hands with all this stuff. But the government says stay home. But people aren't staying home. You want to know why they're not staying home? Let me tell you why. They feel like the rules don't apply to them. They feel like the rules don't apply to them. You're like, why are you telling me this? Let me tell you why I'm telling you this. The same reason some people, even Christians, don't follow biblical teaching because they feel like the rules don't apply to them. Yeah, I I know what it says, but... I know that this is that, but, but you have to understand, this is what I, I'm doing something good because of it. I don't care about your good intentions, and honestly, I'm, I don't want to speak for God, but I don't think He does either. He just simply wants obedience. Just simply obedience. What would you do? Did it break? Okay. <laughs> uh, right? They don't think the rules apply to them. The same reason we can't apply patience in our Christian lives is the same way that we can't stay away from people in this pandemic, right? We want what we want, and we want it right now. We don't want anybody to tell us what we can't have, right? And because somebody told me I can't have it, just because of that, I'm going to go do it, right? That's just rebellion is all that is. Now, I get it. There's things you got to do. you got to go to work. you got to... But there are certain things, right? We've got people even in our class that, man, we have got to be careful with. You know, uh, you all know what I'm talking about, but, you know, uh, well, how bad would it be if somebody like Holly, who's getting ready to have the babies, ended up with something like this? How bad would it be if somebody like uh, Randy Foster somehow picked this thing up? How bad would it be? There's just so many different things. And so you got to be careful, not for your sake, but for other people's sake. Right? And I, I know you feel like i got the tinfoil hat on. And look, I'm trying not to. I'm just trying to be smart because uh, other people's lives are important. Right? They are. Not just to me, but to God. Right? Patience will go a long way in the life of the believer. Christ himself had enough patience to deal with Judas the entire time, knowing the entire time that he was going to betray him. The key here is simply patience. Right? It's just patience. And I got one more. I'm going to get through it really quick. I know I'm, I'm over time, but, you know, we're good to go. So anyway, uh, experience. Number, the last one. Number six, experience. In verse four, impatience, experience, and experience hope. Let's finish verse four. Uh, with patience comes experience. How do you really get experience though? By going through some things? Right? That's how you get it. You go through some things. And as you go through some things, trials, tribulations, afflictions, uh, right? That, that's, then, then you get patience through them. And that's what experience is. You get experience by going through some trials, some tribulations, some afflictions. The point is experience. Just simply experience. Why do you think that every, every job, nearly every job, wants you to have experience, right? I don't think you have to have experience to flip burrs, but I don't know. Every job wants you to have experience. Right? Why? Because they want they don't want to have to pay for you learning. They just want the better you after you've already learned it. That's what they want. Right? Christ is the opposite. He says, with your justification, I'm going to give you all the tools needed to not only learn the job, but I'm going to pay you the entire time for it in spiritual rewards. Experience comes when you go through something yourself. Right? I could teach you all day long, but but going through it yourself is worth a thousand lessons. Afflictions are God's method to give you maturity. Enabled in, I'm sorry. Afflictions are God's method to give you maturity and enable you to minister. 
God gave those things to you. Sometimes that you're like, man, the, the spiritual warfare, the devil's attacking. Sometimes that's true. But other times, God's just allowing you to grow a little bit. Right? Stop trying to cast every bad thing on the devil. Oh, the devil's attacking, right? Sometimes he does, but sometimes God just wants to grow you a little bit. In a real sense, if you finally had some affliction, you wouldn't sit around and find fault with the preacher and find fault with the Bible and find fault with God's dealings in your life. If you had some affliction, your attitude would change a little bit. If you ever experienced affliction, you'd learn how to translate God's promises without going to HBI. You'd learn how to do this in real time. Sometimes some affliction will do you some good. Friend, I know I know you because I am you. And because I am you, I understand how you think. And here's what you're thinking. I'm all about getting some experience, but is there any way I can do that without all that affliction stuff you're talking about? Can I? All right, this, it goes right along the line with the thinking that I tell my wife all the time. She's in the kitchen cooking, and I'm like, is there anything I can do to help without really getting involved? Right? Is there anything I can do to help without really uh, getting, getting in there? Right? Can I just like be moral support somehow? You know, I say it jokingly, but sometimes. Uh, is there any way I can do this without all the afflictions? I told you. The answer is no. What's the difference between knowledge and wisdom? I'm almost done. What's the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Well, let me just tell you because I don't have time to do this, right? Knowledge is knowing in your head. Wisdom is knowing how to live it out. And the only way to get wisdom is by actually living it out and not just knowing it, right? So here's how you get experience, and I'll be done. Live out what you know instead of telling everybody else what you think you know. Right? Live out what you do know instead of trying, trying, trying to tell everybody else the things that you learned. Right? Live out patience in hard circumstances. Live out tribulations while giving God the glory. Live out what you learned instead of telling everybody what you think you know. And I promise they're going to get more out of that in the end. Right? That is what, that's what wisdom is. Right? I picture wisdom as an old man sitting in a rocking chair on the front porch. You know why? Not because he just knows it in his head, but he's been through it. That's what wisdom is. Anybody can read a book. That's knowledge. And knowledge is good to have, but wisdom is better. Wisdom is actually putting your feet on the ground and doing it. Right? And so I, I'm late. It's fine. Um, so that's, that's what I got. We'll stop there. I'll do the other six next week. But yeah, the, these things are... I want you to understand, the, the way that this all works out is, is because Paul's like, hey, you've got justification. Now let me tell you what comes with justification. All right, and that's a really good thing to have is knowing what comes with your justification. Y'all are saved. You better be. And if you're not and you're watching this somehow, right? It's a, it's a public Facebook thing or whatever it is. I don't know. Uh, and you need to get it, right? Salvation is of the Lord and it's not of anything you can do. Accept it by faith. Alright, so with that, does anybody have any questions, uh, any comments? And if not, we can pray and get out of here. But if anybody's got anything... They've been commenting. Okay, but do they have anything for me? <laughs> right? And they they can still talk. Why why are they commenting in that? See, that's, that's the kind of things that y'all are commenting under your breath, so I can't hear it, but everybody else can see it. So that's how it's going to be, huh? Okay. Does anybody got anything they want to make public? To me, not not just to the, the rest of the class. Alright. Let's pray. I hope this worked well. If you guys have any suggestions, let me know. Uh, if you are just watching on the Facebook feed and you want to be in on the Microsoft Teams feed, we'll start early again where we can have face-to-face, voice-to-voice, real-time fellowship. It's free. I have the Microsoft account, so all you guys have to do is accept the invite and jump on. So if you're on Facebook and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, just uh, send me your email, either in the comments or send it to Paige, text it to us, whatever you need to do, and I'll get you on the invite list for next week and so we can go from there. Is there anything I need?
need before I get done? Just being polite. We don't want to interrupt. Oh, is that what it is? Right. Uh-huh. All right, so let's pray uh, and we'll get out of here. Father, I love you. I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for uh, just your your justification in our life. God, we are justified, and it's not by anything that we do, uh, but it's only through You, through Christ, through what He's done in our lives. So God, I do thank You. Uh, I pray that You would just uh, be magnified in our lives. Uh, I pray You'd send us out this week as lights in a dark world. It's a crazy time, God, but um, Lord, we need to stop focusing on the storm and start focusing on You. Um, and that doesn't mean to be crazy with the things that we're doing, but we need to be smart with what we're doing. Um, but God, we, we've got to focus on You and not the storm. Uh, so I do pray that You would just uh, allow yourself to be magnified in our lives. Lord, uh, give us peace. Uh, be with the people we prayed with earlier. Be with Holly and Brady, uh, all the kiddos. Uh, Lord, be with Zona and Chris and Abby this week. Um, we'll just be with, uh, I'm thinking of Brenda and, and Kendra, the people that are working in the hospitals. And uh, Lord, there's just so many people. I, I just, Lord, I pray that you would just be uh, real in our lives. Uh, and as you put us on the front lines, I do pray that uh, we would put you in the front of our hearts and people would see something different about us. We do have hope. And God, if there's ever a time that we could share that hope with a hopeless world, it'd be now. So God, I pray you just send us out uh, this week uh, in Christ's name. Amen. Alright guys, so this is the awkward time where it's like, is it over? Do I stand here? No, it's all good. So uh, if you need anything, let me know. Uh, if not, I will see you all later. So. Hey, Abby. What's, oh, what's that? Go ahead. Abigail, today's dad's birthday. Don't forget. I already. You think I would be there? Alright, what's up, Mitchell? No, I was just going to tell Jason that if I was to actually talk instead of type, I would talk almost just as much as Sam. I was like, 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 I